0: Good morning, Cathedral family. Who's excited to worship God this
1: morning? I am so excited because I know that God is going to do something special. He's going to show up today and the Bible says that seek ye first the kingdom of God and all your needs, whatever you need shall be added unto you. So whatever your situation is, whatever you go
2: through, yeah, the enemy might have come in one way, but the Bible says when we
1: declare the living name of Jesus Christ, they will flee in seven different directions. So let's stand up and let's declare the name of Jesus as we worship the living God today. Let's go.
3: Come on, Cathedral of Myth, let's put our hands together for Jesus all over this place. Come on, how many of you walked into this place with an expectation that he will walk in the room today? Come on, let's give a shout of praise unto Jesus in this house, amen. Yeah. Come on, let's sing this song together. Let praise be a weapon that silences the enemy. Let praise be a weapon that conquers all anxiety. Let it rise.
4: So would you extend your hands heavenward Father God we thank you so much for your goodness Lord we speak your goodness in the sanctuary and in our lives we love you we praise you and all of God's people shouted
3: I'm mm-hmm.
5: the king of my
3: heart be the mountain
4: you never gonna let me down. Sing it with me, y'all. Come on. Say so you're never gonna live. You're, never gonna, you're gonna yeah. let never gonna let me down. Me say you're never, never gonna lay.
3: You're never gonna let me down. You're never gonna let me down.
5: No, no. You're never gonna
3: You're never
5: gonna
4: All Cathedral of Faith, come on, let everything that hath breath in this moment. Amen and amen. Welcome, everybody. It's Cathedral of Faith, where everyone's welcome. Nobody's perfect, the love is lived out, and everything is. If you're grateful that we serve an amazing God who is in control. He's in control, he's in control, he's in control, he's in control. control. Even though it doesn't look like it, maybe it doesn't feel like it. You look at the scoreboard, it looks like we're behind. But I'm telling you, he's in control. He's in control. When you listen to the news, when you look at social media, maybe you think everything's spinning out of control. But he's in control. He's in control. Come on. And this is kind of what it means to come to church is that we need to center ourselves around the truth and not what we feel is the truth. Come on. We need to center ourselves around the truth. This is where we gather. This is where we come to hear the word. This is where we come to be reminded of what really is true and what really does last when we fall away, but he doesn't fall away, right? Things are out of whack, but he's not. This is our God. This is our God. Come on, cathedral of faith. Come on. This is our God. This is our God. This is our God. This is the truth. This is the truth, he is good, and his love endureth forever. He is good, and his love endureth forever. He is good, and his love endureth forever, say that with me, he is good, and his love endureth forever. Speak that to your neighbor, Speak it. look at somebody in the say, he is good, and his love endureth forever. Find somebody else, find somebody else. Say he is good, and his love endureth forever look, look at somebody else, he is good. And his love endureth forever and ever 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 and ever. ever ever. Hallelujah! Cathedral of Faith, God is good. And all the time. Before you're seated, one more time, a great big hallelujah for the King. Hallelujah.
2: Well, good morning, Cathedral of Faith. Isn't it a beautiful day to be in the house of the Lord? want to give you a great, big Cathedral of Faith welcome, welcome to all the folks inside, outside at our amphitheater, in the parking lot, and all those watching online. We're so glad you're here. And if you're here for the first time or newly attending Cathedral, I'd like to encourage you right after service to please stop by our hospitality tent. It's located outside in our amphitheater. Our team would love to meet you and get to know you. And Learn how we can best serve you. In our prayers before you leave today, you'll know how much God really loves you. And of course, make yourself at home. You are in your father's house. For those of you wondering, my mom didn't dress my brother and I today. Yeah. Nor did we call each other. It just kind of happens like that. It just kind of happens like that. Just never know with us. That's right, it's genetic. A lot of exciting things are happening. You know, when people ask me, how do you describe Cathedral of Faith? I say, I I share a couple things that just come to mind. I go, when you come to Cathedral of Faith, it's like experiencing a taste of heaven on earth every Sunday, Amen. People from all walks of life, from all around the world, worshiping together, so exciting. And the other thing I share with them, I give them a football metaphor. How many Raider fans we have in the house? Raising Raiders. I tell them, it's only the place where Raider fans and 49er fans like myself can all come together and we all love each other, amen? So next Sunday is always a highlight of the year for me. It's International Sunday. We're going to be celebrating our diversity here at Cathedral. And to help us do that is not one time, two time, three time, but a four time Super Bowl champion, two time Pro Bowler, Jesse Sapolo will be with us to share his journey of faith. I mean, it's gonna, I know it's, you know, NFL kicks off next Sunday. Guys, set your DVRs and invite your buddies to come here to Cathedral. It'll be a great opportunity for them to hear what Jesse has to share, so don't miss that. And then also, today is a very big day as we celebrate the 10-year anniversary of our online campus. Every week, thousands of people, not only from the Bay Area, but around the world get encouragement, thank you Pastor Daniel for what God is doing through our online campus.
0: Amen, so many exciting things Kurt that are coming up, uh, especially next weekend. I'm really looking forward to it. Do you know that you're loved, Cathedral? I mean our entire staff, we love you and it's such an honor to serve you and on this Labor Day weekend when we remember how God has given us the ability to work, given us opportunities so that we can use the skills that we have. I was reminded of a a scripture in Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 18, that reads this way. Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. Would you say that with me? Remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you the ability to produce wealth. And so as we give on this Labor Day weekend, whether it's through the app or online or texting or give on our way out, what we're doing is we're remembering that it's God who has given us the ability to produce wealth, that every skill that we have, the mind that we have, the voice that we have, ultimately, they've all come from God. And so we get to honor him and remember him as we give today. Let me speak God's blessing over you as you give. Father, I thank you for our cathedral family. Thank you for all of those who are watching online, out in the amphitheater, in the parking lot, those inside the building. On this Labor Day weekend, we wanna thank you for the opportunities that you've blessed us with. Whether our work is volunteer or work at home or work at our job, Father, thank you for the career. Thank you for the opportunities. I pray that you would continue to make your people a target of your favor in every way that you would bless them, that you would enlarge their territory, increase their influence, that we can be a greater influence as a church family in the Bay Area and beyond. We pray this, we declare it in Jesus' name and for his glory. All God's people said, amen. Amen. We're going to continue our worship as we prepare to receive communion. So I invite you to stand with me once more as Pastor Vaughn and the team leads us.
3: stand your promise still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my confidence you've never failed me yet i'm yet to see you fail me god you never fail Again, Jesus, Jesus, You're still enough. And Jesus, You're still enough. Keep me within Your love. My heart will sing Your praise again. Come on, sing it from your heart. Your promise still stands. Let still sin- discouraged and not be afraid, the battle does not belong to you, but belongs to God. So if you believe that he's going to go on your behalf, before you fight your battles and we'll begin to lift our worship, lift our hand, lift our voices, come on, let's declare, declare who is Lord right now, come on. Yeah, i seen you move. still stands great is your faithfulness your faithfulness i'm still in your hands this is my
0: hold them in your hands Jesus thank you so much for inviting us to your table your presence your power it's all right here and especially Jesus we thank you for your faithfulness you are the same yesterday today and forever and as we eat and drink we eat and drink in faith declaring the goodness and the faithfulness of our God let's eat of the bread of Christ digest his faithfulness today. Let's drink of the cup of Christ. Drink in the faithfulness of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I invite you before Pastor John comes out as they get, the tech team helps us to get things ready on stage to say the affirmation of faith with me. This is something that's a part of our uh, church culture here at Cathedral. If it's new to you, you can follow it on the screens. If you know it, join me in that way. It goes like this. This is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. For great is our God and greatly is he to be praised. I'm his child. I'm an heir of God and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Therefore, no weapon that's formed against me will prosper. The weapons of my warfare, they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of enemy strongholds. I am more than a conqueror. I am victorious because I walk by faith and not by sight. And greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah! Amen. Amen. Before you're seated, look at somebody and tell them, I am victorious. Go ahead.
1: Amen. Amen. Good morning, Cathedral. All right, God bless you. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Amen. Yeah, give it up for Jesus, amen? Hallelujah. I want to take a moment to thank our church. Um, It's actually two months ago I was supposed to speak on a Sunday, and on that Thursday, the 7th of July, our daughter Jessica passed away suddenly. And uh, I want to thank Pastor Mike, who came in and spoke on that Sunday that I was supposed to speak. And I want to take a moment to thank all our cathedral family. I mean, we received hundreds of texts, emails, cards, gifts, prayers. I mean, we felt so loved and supported uh, by the cathedral family. And our pastors as well, Pastor Kurt, Pastor Wayne, Pastor Kane, all the pastoral staff who supported us during that time. You know, it's not that we're necessarily a part of a community, although Cathedral is a community. We're a church. We're a member of one another. And if uh, one hurts, we all hurt. If one cries, we all cry. If one is happy, we're all happy. Can I hear an amen? Amen. And I want to thank you for your continual support. Man, I tell you, I, I love Cathedral. I love my church. If you're with me, come on, let's give a hand for our church. Amen. And thank you for your continual prayers as we overcome this. It must have been one of the hardest trials that we have gone through as a family, but God is faithful. Amen? Amen. 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 Hey, uh, how many drivers do we have here in the house? You drive a car, a truck, motorcycle, you know, or you drive somebody crazy? Okay, we're. A lot of drivers here, you know, as you're familiar with the fact that sometimes we have signs out there that tell us how to drive, what to do, what not to do. I think there's every one of us here, you know, most of us, I'm going to say, will never say that we are bad drivers. We all think we're good drivers, amen? It's the other people who make all the mistakes, you know? And definitely, it's not people from Cathedral. Cathedral has good drivers. Can I hear an amen? Amen. We obey the laws. We do this, you know. But you know, the the most dangerous drivers out there is a distracted driver. I mean, it's been it's so so real that our laws have been created to try to have people focus on what they're doing driving i mean that's what you do when you get behind a wheel but unfortunately we have individuals like this lady who just decided to drive and put her makeup on anybody see somebody like that All right? Or maybe just, you know, and we hear it time and time again. Don't get on your cell phone, but there's people who get on their cell and they still talk and they still drive. Or I've seen folks that not only talk on their cell phone, but they actually text on their cell phone while they're they're driving. I know we can't identify with that because we just see other people doing that, but Cathedral doesn't do stuff like that. Amen? God forgive you for that lie, all (laughs) right? I mean, there's there's people, they're the most dangerous people on the road as a distracted driver. Like this one person, I'm not gonna say it's a lady or a guy, but it's like, oops, I missed my turn off. Look at this person, look at that. Whoa! And they're like, oh! And and they're like, oh, I gotta take this turn off, excuse me. Uh, and they still keep on going, and amen. Hope that wasn't on the 101 someplace getting off to, get, to go to cathedral. <laughs> the most dangerous people on the road is a distracted driver. Now, we're not here to talk about driving, we're here to talk about distractions. Somebody say distraction with me because just as there's the most dangerous drivers are. Distracted drivers, the most dangerous people in life are distracted lives, people who are distracted from the things that are most important in their lives. Just like distracted drivers, a lot of people go on in their lives not knowing that they are distracted. They, they, they somehow have lost focus, they have lost uh, their attention to what they're supposed to be doing, what they're, where they're supposed to be going. And unfortunately, a lot of people go on living their lives this way, just like a distracted driver they don 't realize in that one, that one video they don 't realize that they're not only putting themselves in danger, they are putting other, other people in danger as well, and so is a distracted life. A distracted person is one of the pla- one, one of the most dangerous places for you to live in because You don't know the danger you're bringing to yourself or the danger that you're putting others in who live around you. What is a distraction? I define it like this. Anything, listen to this, or anyone that prevents someone from something or someone who deserves full attention. Anything or anyone that prevents someone from something or someone who deserves full attention. And unfortunately, I believe that we are in a new form of spiritual warfare, of distractions. You see, it's not in so much from the pandemic, but it's, or the results of the pandemic. Because Actually, I feel that it's some, a new spiritual warfare that the enemy has introduced in our society, especially against churches. It's um, distractions, it, it, it's, it's like a warfare that's, that's unseen, it's like below the surface, it's, it's not caught, it's like they say, under the radar, that you really can't identify it, but it ha- it's happening. And this is where individuals have lost sight as to what God wants from their lives. They have lost sight as to how they should be living. They have lost sight as to what is important in their lives. And so th- th- these, these things get out of focus, and as a result, they become distractive. And that's why then relationships that shouldn't be begin to happen. This, this message is a result of a book that I'm writing called Dangerous Distractions. And I'm just going to take a couple of ex- excerpts from that book that I'm writing that to talk about dangerous distractions, things that happen in life, things that occur in our life that distract us from what God wants in our lives. Can I hear an amen? amen? Okay, when God speaks this way, and which I'm going to share with you in the following minutes, um, many times we feel like we're being condemned, judged, uh, maybe God's really angry at us or, or, or something. But I want, to, I, want, I want to tell you that when God speaks to us this way, it's kind of like when you as parents tell your kids, it's going to hurt me more than it does you. How many ever used that line before? And and you know, sometimes when we're sitting there, it's easily for us to become uncomfortable and become offended. But I want to tell you, this is from God's heart speaking to us because he loves us. Can I hear an amen? It's God saying, look, I I need to grab your attention here. I need for you to focus on this. So let's go into this, okay? I believe that distorted values cause us To distractions. The grant reads: distorted values can cause distractions from godly principles, distorted values. We all have values. All of us do. And values are the things that we put at high priority in our lives, the things that we feel are most important, the people that we think that are most important, The, um, the things that we should be doing. We all have values. We all have values. Maybe it might might be your education, your career, your job, your family, your marriage. We all have values, things that we put way up there. We should all have values, I should say. You know, and those values are the things that make who we are today. Unfortunately, in life, things become distorted, out of focus. And they distract us from what should be the the, the foundation of all those values, which are godly principles, things that uphold us, the word of God. This brings me to a story that I want to use as an analogy of an incident that happened in the life of Jesus. He was teaching in Judea, and there was a big crowd that was following him. And in the midst of all that crowd, there was a young man. The scripture calls him a wealthy young man. It's found in the book of Matthew, chapter 19, and, and the incident goes like this. I believe that the, the incident, it has, it, it brings out the reality of distorted values. The young man comes up to Jesus in the, in the middle of the crowd, and he's the kind of guy that likes to impress people. He's the kind of guy that likes attention. He's the kind of guy who wants to make himself feel important. And he has this question for Jesus that he thinks is going to show his depth. Have you ever talked to those people, you know, that think they're all spiritual, and they come up with this real, you know, spiritual talk and so on, you know, and we're all supposed to go, oh, man, is he godly, okay? This is what this guy was like, okay? So he goes up to Jesus, and he's got this audience, everybody's watching him, and he says, Jesus, so good master, what must I do to get eternal life, And they start a conversation. They go back and forth, Jesus and this young man, about the commandments. And then Jesus kind of gets a little frustrated with him. He says, you you know what? You know what? You know what you need to do? You need to go and sell everything you have and give it to the poor. Whoa. Whoa. And the guy, the young man, is shocked with Jesus and what he tells him. The people are shocked. The disciples are shocked, everybody's shocked, whoa, because they knew who the guy was, because Jesus knew who the guy was, just like Jesus knows who we are. Can I hear an amen? And he answers just like exactly what we need. He brings us back to what we need to focus on on and not be distracted. And, And the scripture says... That when Jesus told him that, there was like a dead silence. I believe there was a dead silence. And the scripture says that he went away sad because he was very rich. Now, don't get this wrong, okay? His riches were not the problem. Please say amen to that. Because we all like having money. Can you say amen to that? And Sometimes we like to have more money than what we need. Can I hear an amen too, okay? There's nothing wrong with that, okay? It wasn't his riches. His riches were not the problem. It was the fact that he loved his riches. They were his value. They were what made him. I don't know, maybe it was his, you know, Dulce Gabbana clothes, or maybe his Gucci wallet, or his Louis, Louis Vuitton shoes. I don't know what it was. It might have been all these brands out here. Well, if you're like me, it's more like, you know, Target, Ross, Mario Schultz, Burlington Coat. Can I hear an amen, all right? Well, we didn't have enough room to put Goodwill and Salvation Army, but they, they, those are good places to shop as well, okay? I, that's who we were. Well, whatever it was, it, it gave him his value, and Jesus was, was, was hitting on target as to what he had in value that was distorted. I got to share this with you today, and I wrote it down because I, I, I have to share. Please pay attention to me of what I share with you today. Are you still with me? All right, I believe that this distorted list of values are what is becoming our spiritual warfare. I believe that we live in a time where the values are defined by the entertainment world, social media, and society. I believe we have fulfilled the prophecy of Jesus, calling the bad good and the good bad. We have placed importance on temporary things that don't last, We place confidence on the superficial only to lead us to shallow values and shallow living. People make self-centered decisions because they deserve it and don't take into consideration those around them and their fellow man. We have keenly crafted laws that will help us hide the responsibility of our sins. We find it easy to excuse our actions, thoughts, racism, hatred, political values with selfish reasoning of being offended. We are drawn to setting high value, our self-image, having mirrors in our home, cars, offices, purses, and even if that isn't enough, we value our self-image by the amount of likes that we get on our selfies. Our actions, conduct, and values are self-promoting, hiding the very image of Jesus in us that should be seen. Our actions, conduct, and values are self-protecting, hiding our faith in Jesus so that others won't be offended. Our action, conduct, and values are self-serving, building our own little kingdoms and forgetting the real value in that it's our role as Christians to build the kingdom of God by sharing our faith with others. We, we seek promotions, titles, raises, things that we have put as importance, and we have forgotten the most important titles that we have, such as mom or dad. And so we seek the approval of, of a boss who doesn't even care for us, rather than going home and, and feeling the hug of that daughter or of that husband or that wife. And so we, we, we pour ourselves into these distorted values to end up not realizing that we've been wrong all along. And I'm focused on the real things that matter, such as seeking God and his kingdom and seeking the, the things from above and pleasing God in our lives. So we want to be right with the neighbor rather than being right with God. We want to be accepted at, jo- at the work by, by, by hiding our faith rather than being right with God. And I tell you today, many of us are going to walk away on that day sad because we have our distorted values. I've never heard, of, this next year I'll be 50 years in ministry, I've never heard someone with the hundreds of funerals that I've been at, I've never heard someone say, I wish I would have spent more time at the company. I wish I would have been more time at the office. I wish I would have harder in my career. But I do hear a lot of regrets of people saying, I wish I would have told my husband I loved him. I wish I would have told my wife that I loved her. I wish I would have spent more time with my kids. Somebody listening to me today, God is saying today, God is speaking today. God's not angry. He's not judging you. The Holy Spirit is not upset. He's saying, hey, wait a minute, come here and take a look at this. Take a look at your set of values and what is more important. Don't be distracted by this world. Keep your eyes on the things that are most important in your life. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering today. Hallelujah. What are these things? The second distraction I want to talk to you is about your past. Because things in our past can distract us, can cause a distraction from our present and our future. Now, I want to use as an example the story of, the li- of, of Lot's, uh, Lot's wife. Never says her name, but speaks about her. And this is the story. Sodom and Gomorrah were bad cities, bad society. They, they constantly broke God's law. They constantly just, just turned their back on God. And God, time and time again, tried to, 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 to establish a relationship and forgive them and bring them back to him. But they would reject him. And so God brought a word that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. But save Lot and his family. And so then God said, I will do this. I will save you on this one condition. That you don't turn back. That you don't look back. That you don't look at what I'm doing. So the the destruction came. And as they were leaving the city... They heard the explosion, the fire, the screams of the people, you know, God's destruction coming upon that city. And and as they were walking away, Lot kept telling his family, don't don't turn back, don't look back. But you know, this wife just wouldn't listen to her husband. That's kind of a message within a message, okay? (laughs) This wife just wouldn't listen to her husband. You notice that none of the guys said amen, okay? I didn't hear one guy say, amen, Lord, speak to her right now, okay? (laughs) And none of the women said amen either because there are such obedient wives here in cathedral. Hallelujah. (laughs) Don't look back, don't look back, but you know what? This woman, this woman just had to look back. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was her curiosity of looking back. Uh, was stronger than her faith for her new future. I got to read that again. Curiosity of looking back was stronger than her faith for a new future. Maybe the thrill of testing God and had lost everything. The memory of her life in Sodom was stronger than her will to obey God. Maybe her pots, her pans, the shoes that she left in her closet, her dresses, her friends and everything was stronger than saying, you know what? God has a better future for me. God has a better future for me. And today, God speaks to individuals who are distracted by their past. And we all have a past. Nobody wanted to confess with me. We all have a past. Things that we regret, things that we're embarrassed in. Hey, have you ever looked at your pictures, you know, from 20 years ago, and you say, oh my God, I combed my hair like that. 1976, Platform shoes were in for men. Man, I love those years. I was actually tall back then. (laughs) Things that we, you know, embarrass us and we look back at. But then also there are things that are painful. Maybe the divorce, the abandonment. The relationship that shouldn't have happened. Maybe it was an abusive parent or an abusive family member. The time you lost your innocence when you shouldn't have. I don't know what it was, but we all have a past. And God's saying today, I have sent the Holy Spirit to heal you from your past. Your past does not define you, you got to take the authority to define your own past. I'm gonna share these with you. Don't allow your past to distract you from what God has for you today and for tomorrow. (laughs) Hallelujah. You know what? That was then, but today is today. Tomorrow will be tomorrow because all things are possible through our God. Don't let your past define you. Rather, you define your past. I was this, but now I am a new creature in Christ Jesus. Changing how you view your past... Changing how you view your past will change how you view your future. Yes, I was a drug addict. Yes, I was a drunkard. Yes, I did this. Yes, I did that. But now, Jesus, had made me new. I have a new future. Overcoming your past empowers you for your tomorrow. We are living testimonies of what God can do by living in our today and living in our tomorrow. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering. Hallelujah. 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 The next thing that I want to share with you today is that threats from the enemy can distract you from seeing the victory. Listen to that. Threats from the enemy can distract you from seeing the victory. And I want to use it as an example of Elijah. Great man of God. Powerful man of God. I mean, this was a prophet of prophets. They called him the prophet of fire. The guy was so mighty. I mean, it was incredible what Elijah was able to do. And this is what happened. The people of Israel had left the ways of the Lord again. And they had been influenced by a woman... A woman again. <clears throat> They've been influenced by a woman. Her name was Jezebel. Somebody say Jezebel with me. <clears throat> and Jezebel was a mean woman. She was a control freak. She was a toxic lady. And Israel was mesmerized by her beauty, her charm, and her talk. And she led them astray from serving the Lord God to serving Baal, pagan God. And she had it all set up, the whole religion. You know, the sacrifices, the temples and everything. And Israel was happy because they had been literally distracted from serving God. So Elijah shows up and he calls on to Israel. He says, you should be serving the Lord. And he challenges the Baalites, the priests, the prophets. He says, let's go up to this mountain and let's build this altar. You you pray to Baal... For him to send fire from heaven. And if he sends fire from heaven. We will kneel down to him. And accept Baal as the true God. But then we will pray to the Lord God Jehovah. And if God sends fire from heaven. Then we will declare. That the Lord God Jehovah is a true God. So they showed up. On the, on the showdown, okay? And, and they got the altar, they're up in the mountain, they, and the Baalites start praying, they start screaming and dancing. The, the scripture says that they threw themselves against the wall, uh, against the rocks, excuse me, uh, because they were desperate, because the more they cried, the more they yelled, the more they sang, the more they jumped, no fire came down. And Elijah would actually tell them, maybe he's asleep. Maybe he's away from somewhere. You need to maybe yell louder. And the Baal uh, priests and prophets begin to cut themselves because they were so desperate. And then, and then Elijah says, hold on just a minute. Okay, you've had your turn. Now let me have my turn. And Elijah prays out to God. And God sends fire from heaven. Hallelujah. Because he is a true God. Okay. And the Baalites, they're humiliated, they're embarrassed, they are defeated, they are running away, they're scared, in Spanish, es scared, okay? <laughs> they, they, you heard that, oh, you like that, okay? All right, anyway, they were really afraid, okay, and they started running, and you know what? Jezebel finds out, and she gets mad. Oh, you got to be careful when a woman gets mad. None of the guys said Amen. She gets angry, and she sends out a threat by her servants there. She says, go and tell Elijah that by this time tomorrow, I'm going to have his head on a platter. And she sends out this threat to him, and, um, and, and, and Elijah, now he gets scared. Is scared in Spanish. And he runs away. Here's this mighty man of God who just saw fire from heaven come down, who just saw God move my miraculous incredibly powerful. Now he's scared. Now he's running from this woman. Wow. Wow. Somebody said, Amen. God bless you, brother. <laughs> I want to tell you that threat is a mind game. Threat is a mind game. It's words from the enemy telling you of what he's going to do against you. Yeah. He is just telling. It's like precursor. It's like, a, like, like, like an introduction. It's just, you know, have you ever seen those two guys, you know, remember back, back in school, walking around, you know, saying, go ahead, hit me. Come on, hit me. Come on, hit me. And nothing happened. That's what a threat is. If nothing has happened. A threat is just a threat. I said a threat is just a threat. It's not spiritual warfare. The enemy hasn't hit you. He hasn't touched you. He hasn't attacked you. He's just talking. Come on, somebody got to listen to me today. He's just threatening you. And I I, I tell you, anytime you get busy for God, anytime you worship God, anytime you believe God, the enemy is going to get upset and he's going to threaten. He's going to bark. He's going to yell. He's going to scream because that's all he can do against you. And some of us are today just running away from a threat of the enemy. You're not going to be a good husband. You're not going to be a good wife. You're a terrible husband. You're a terrible father. Why are you going to get married? Why are you going to have kids? Where are you going to study? What are you going to do? It's just a threat of the enemy. Jesus rebuked that lying devil in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. But some are distracted from what the enemy is saying. You're paying more attention to what the enemy is saying to paying attention to the promise of God in your life to the word of God in your life. Well, I declare today that the almighty God, like Job 37, 4 says, that he thunders with his majestic voice, that God's voice in your life would be more powerful, would be louder than whatever threat of the enemy. (laughs) Hallelujah declare on your life like Revelation 115 says that his voice is like the sound of rushing water that you would not even listen to a whisper to a threat or a yell or a bark of the enemy instead you would listen to the word of God I am with you I will never forsake you you can do it if you simply believe hallelujah hallelujah I declare God is yelling at some people today. And he's saying, you are a man. You are a woman. There is no doubt. You will be a good husband. You will be a good father. You are. Come on, somebody's got to say amen. You will be successful and not fail because I am with you. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. 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 Let me tell you, I, you know what? I, I took a moment this week. And I sat down and I consulted with the Cathedral of Faith theologian, Dr. Wayne Mankari. I like it, Mankari, better than Ann Carey. Okay, Mankari, okay. (laughs) I spoke with Pastor Mike Garcia, who went to school with Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. (laughs) I sat down with Bishop E.C. Wilson, who was at the upper room when the Holy Spirit came down. I sat down and talked to a, a mighty woman of God by the name of Pastor Shelley Wilson. You guys know her? I know she would have sent that Jezebel woman running. And all of them, somebody say all of them. Oh, come on, you guys say all of them. Every one of them told me that God has the final word in the end. All of them said God has the victory. All of them said God has never lost a battle. Hallelujah. So you're not listening necessarily to this five foot nothing Latino. I mean, you're listening to all cathedrals saying, hey, listen, God is yelling at your life and he is saying, I am greater in you than he that is in the world. You can do all things in Jesus name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I got three minutes, but I'm Latino. I'm going to say five. Five. The last distraction I want to share with you is that circumstances out of our control can distract us from what God is able to do. Listen to that. Things that are out of our control can distract us from what God is able to do. It might be a, an illness, a financial debt, that relationship that's just gone horribly wrong. It seems like... All threats are there as far as divorce, or separation. Things are not going well. It's, it's, it's kind of like when, every time you try, it seems like it seems like it, it gets worse. Such as when Peter was walking on the water. Remember? Jesus, let me go to you. And he tried to serve God. And there's folks here today who have, you try to serve God, you've tried to please God. But then you look like just like Peter, you look around at all the waves and, and, and you get scared. You're scared in Spanish. <laughs> God, I'm sinking. My business is not working. This career is not panning out the way I thought. My home, Lord. Argument after argument, fight after fight. This isn't the way it's supposed to be. And you start sinking. The scripture says that Jesus reached down and helped Peter not to sink. And I believe today, even though it may seem like you have that sinking feeling in you, the Holy Spirit is here to show you and tell you that Jesus is reaching down and he is saying, I will not let you fail. I will not let you sink. I will pick. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He's telling that husband that's tried time and time again. That wife who has forgiven time and time again. That parent who's tried with their kids time and time again. He's here to reach you up, to to reach down and pull you up and say, yes, we can do this together. He will not let you fail. Come on. Someone praise him. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Or you might be like, you know, man... I don't know where to turn, Pastor John. It seems like the enemy's chasing me down and I've got this big, huge wall in front of me. Kind of like Moses and the Israelites confronting the Red Sea and Pharaoh following after them. And you see no way out. You see no, no, no hope whatsoever. She has said no, he has said no. They have told me no. And you don't know what to do. The diagnosis have come back. And there's no hope, but God has showed up. And God will not take take away the Red Sea, but he'll make a way through the Red Sea. I'm declaring on your life that God will not take away your problem, but he's gonna use your problem to bring honor and glory to to his name. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I want to speak into that rebellious heart. I want to speak into that rebellious mind. I want to speak into that hardened heart who just doesn't want to turn away to to turn to God. And God is saying, I'm going to use that child, I'm going to use that son, that daughter to bring glory and honor to my name. He will make a way through that Red Sea. I mean, He's the one who has promised that He will make a road through the desert. He will bring out wells of living water in the middle of the desert. God is about to do a miracle in your life. Do not be distracted. Do not be distracted by the things that are out of your control. When we're out of control, God shows up and he says, I am in control of all things. Somebody praise him. Somebody praise him. Hallelujah. Or maybe it may seem like it's like one blow after another. Just hitting you from all sides. You can't can't even get a breath of air, because you keep sinking and sinking and sinking. Kind of like Elisha and his servant. And they got up one day after serving God and they were literally surrounded by the enemy. And the servant asked the prophet, what shall we do? What's gonna happen? And Elisha answers and he says, don't be afraid. In Spanish, don't be as scared. Don't be afraid. God's telling some folks today, don't be afraid. Don't understand me, Don't be scared. God is in control. And then God speaks through this prophet to this servant, and He says, "There are more forests than against us. There are more forests than against us. There are more forests than against us. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. 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 And God says, open his eyes, and I pray that God would open your eyes so you can see the mighty angels that he has sent to surround you, to defend you, to protect you, to open the way. There are more for us than against us. There are more for us than, there are more for you than against you. Someone praise him today. Hallelujah. 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 Because when situations are out of control, we just don't know what to do. And they distract us. Pastor Mike shared this with me some time ago. It's a story of a a gal here from the church. Her name is Julie Riken. The last time I ministered, Julie showed up. This is her right here. She showed up to church and that Thursday of that Sunday, she had been diagnosed with a, kidney, with a liver ailment. It was deadly. There was no answer. There was no, no remedy. And they told her, you need, to be, you need to prepare yourself. She showed up that day. And, and the Lord laid on my heart a prophetic word. And the word was, there's someone here facing an issue with your liver, and God is about to show up and do the miracle you need. She stood up where she was at and received her healing. She went back to the, to the doctor that following week for a follow-up visit, and when they, when, they, when they examined her, the doctor said, what happened? There's no more ailment in your liver. You are healed. Hallelujah, come on, someone praise him. See, it's these things that happen not only in scripture but in real life because in scripture we have hundreds of examples of how people have faced situations out of their control and God has showed up. Can I hear an amen? This is why you and I can say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. And we also declare, if God be for us, who can be against us? Hello? Those are the things that draw us back from our distraction. They bring us back from our distraction to realize how powerful our God is. I mean, we have millions, billions, gazillions of testimonies during the church life of how God is able to perform, to do, to deliver, to heal, to protect when things are out of our control. And this is why we will not be distracted. Somebody's got to say that with me today. I will not be distracted. I will not be distracted. Instead, we declare, I am more than a conqueror through Jesus who strengthens me. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering today. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Will you please stand with me? Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. I feel an anointing in this place. The Lord is about to do some miraculous things. I'm going to ask you to just give me 120 seconds more. That's two minutes. Don't be as scared. (laughs) Hallelujah. Will you bow your heads and close your eyes with me for a moment? And I speak into those kidneys that are failing. They're not responding to the dialysis. God is about to clean all the toxic toxicity in those in those kidneys right now in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I speak to that marriage. Who, who is saying, man, what are we going to do? What's going to happen? It seems like you can't connect. It seems like keep trying, keep trying, and don't be distracted. I speak the Holy Spirit into your marriage. Oh, hallelujah. I speak healing, hope, peace, and love into that home. Hallelujah. You know, there's a mom here that came in and you're hurt. Your kids just offended you or hurt you. They made fun of you. God is going to start the healing in that child. I believe it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, thank you, Father God. I speak for that spine. That, those vertebrae are out of line. That disc is, is not, it's not right. God is going to straighten it out in the name of Jesus. How many believe with me today? Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I will not be distracted. I will remain with my eyes fixed on Jesus, who's my Savior, my Lord, in Jesus' name. Somebody give the Lord a clap offering today. Hallelujah. 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 Hey, next Sunday here at Cathedral, International Sunday. Wow, that is great. I mean, we'll have anything from Lecheflan to Baklava, okay? It's a great time to be here at Cathedral. Jesse Sapolo, okay, will be here 49er. And by the way, what's the perfect number for God? It's a number seven, right? And God says he'll multiply our blessings. So seven times seven is what? 49, that's God's team, the 49ers. Amen. Amen. Just Paul will be here sharing his faith. Don't come alone. Bring someone with you who needs to hear about Jesus next Sunday. Will you raise your hand as I just declare a blessing upon your life? Hallelujah. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. I declare that God will open your eyes so that you can see the angels of God surrounding you, protecting you. He will open a way where there's no way. His favor is about to operate in your favor. I declare this in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit and Cathedral of Faith says, amen. God bless you, Cathedral. Hallelujah.